people who watch this channel come from every flavor of dysfunctional family and sometimes worse. Families don't usually change even when you do. Most often they do whatever hurtful thing they did before. So now that you're grown up and you don't depend on them anymore, is your freedom enough or does contact with your family still wreck you emotionally? It can be really hard deciding if you want to be in contact at all when the price is so high. But what if your family members want to bring everybody together for a big occasion? My letter today is from a woman I'll call Jessie and she writes, Hi Anna, I'm writing because I'd love your advice. I heard your recent episode helping a woman decide whether or not she should attend her mother's umpteenth wedding celebration. That resonated with me in a few ways, but I have a situation coming up that feels different enough that I want to write in hopes that you will be able to offer your wisdom. All right, I've got my pencil, Jesse. I'm going to circle what stands out to me. I'll read all the way through and then I'll come back and comment and see if I can help. I'm married, 43-year-old lesbian with no children. When I was growing up, my parents were divorced. They had gotten divorced when I was only around a year old. Oh, wow. After their divorce from each other, they each got remarried to other people, then divorced again, and then remarried to someone else. So by the time I was 11, both my parents were on their third marriage. My mother and father hated each other and constantly told me how terrible the other parent was. I lived with my mother but stayed with my father every other weekend. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I realized it was weird that I slept on the couch and that he never had a room for my older brother or me. My father was very problematic. He was extremely inappropriate, and though he never abused me in the ways that you hear about, he always managed to land somewhere in that gray territory. Not sexually abusive, but wanting to watch HBO's Real Sex with me when I was 15. Yikes. Not physically abusive, but had a temper that would sometimes lead him to throw things against the wall in rooms I was in. He also did things like force feed me a fish sandwich when I told him I didn't like fish, and he was sure I would. I didn't, and I'm a longtime vegan now. When I was 19, I was date raped, and for some reason I told my father. He asked me for details of the experience, and after I vulnerably shared them, he told me that it wasn't rape. That threw me for many years. In my early adulthood, he was demanding and radically self-focused. He's most definitely a narcissist, and I would imagine there's more going on there too, such as perhaps borderline personality disorder. He was always butting into my life and constantly needing to process things relating to why I wasn't calling him enough or seeing him enough, or even as an adult, seeing my mother more often than him. <sighs> when I was 27 and just coming out as a lesbian, I wrote him a letter telling him I was done being in touch. As I recall, the letter was kind-hearted but firm. He was livid and then desperate, and then he finally respected my space. I did see him once in my early 30s, though I honestly can't remember why, except for the fact that I was visiting my grandmother, who was still alive then and lived in an assisted living facility in his town. I'm 43 now and at peace with not being in touch with him. I still feel it's the right decision. I'm definitely not, not of the belief that blood is thicker than water. When my stepfather, who had been my stepfather for 30 years, passed away a few years ago, I felt like my father had died, even though he was not my biological father. So this brings us to now, 
my brother, who has remained in constant touch with, with him, even though that's been extremely damaging to my brother, has a wonderful daughter, my fantastic 12-year-old niece. And in June, she's being bat, bat mitzvahed. My father will be there. So will I. Woo! The plot thickens. Okay. I've been thinking about this event for quite some time, wondering how to handle it. On one hand, I no longer feel triggered by my father, and I genuinely feel peace in the absence of him. But even thinking about him is, you know, fine. I, I kind of don't really feel anything, to be honest. That said, I don't know how to approach this family event. I don't want it to be weird, and I'm afraid I'll get nervous, or even more afraid that his coldness will deeply upset me. I suppose that's a crappy reaction. So I'm wondering if you think I should email him in advance of the event just to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with ahead of time. If I do, I'm thinking it would be something along the lines of, hi, long time no talk, it's me, blah, 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 and I'm writing in hopes we can clear the air in advance of the bat mitzvah. Then something like, I wish you nothing but peace and we'll look forward to saying hello. <laughs> But what makes me nervous is that he is customarily a person for whom, when you give him an inch, he takes a mile. Uh-huh. I'm not interested in folding him back into my life, but not in a super dramatic way. I just don't have time for him or interest for him, really. I'm nervous that he will respond coldly, and I don't have time for drama. I love your advice. Thanks so much. Jesse. All right, Jesse. Oh my gosh. I wish I could be a fly on a wall at this bat mitzvah. I, uh, you're incredible. <laughs> I can tell you have a lot of healing. And um, so let's go through this. 43, married lesbian, no children. Your parents. Wow. This is such an incredible description of your dad. Like I sure get a feel for him. So by the time you were 11, both of your parents were in their third marriage. Oh my gosh. What a lot of drama. The, the divorces, the remarriages, like that really takes parents' attention off the kids. And it sounds like it was nothing but attention coming off of you as a kid. So uh, that would hurt a kid. And the, your mother and father hated each other. They told you how terrible the other parent was. Classic lack of boundaries mistake. You know, and they, I'm sure they knew better. That's really lame. Um, and you saw your, you saw your father every other weekend and stayed on the couch. He didn't have a room for you. He obviously, yeah, 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 he didn't have a room for you. I don't know if that was because of money or what, but um, sometimes that's the case. But sometimes it's just because he didn't really take himself seriously as the parent of two kids. So he's extremely inappropriate. This thing where he wanted to watch real sex from HBO when you were 15, um, the YouTuber who's so cool and a friend of mine, Patrick Tian, calls that being sexually off. It might not be technical abuse, it's off. A sexually off environment creates a lot of the harms that sexual abuse does. A lot of confusion, hiding, strange, you know, crossing of boundaries. That modesty boundary is super important between a father and daughter. Mm, I'm so sorry. That is not right. And then you said he wasn't physically abusive, but he would throw things against the wall. So it's not hitting you, but that is physical violence. That is violence, and it's terrifying and intimidating. And oh my gosh, for a kid, it's not right. Forced you to eat something you didn't want to eat. That's tyrannical. But then 
Oh, this really got me. So you got date raped and you told him about it. And then he said, oh, that wasn't rape. Um, what a disordered response for a parent to give a child. I just, I can, I just can't really imagine what it would take to be that indifferent. So he's in some mind frame of a selfish person and like, well, if I did that, that's not rape. That's what I get to do. I mean, that's what it communicates. You didn't get listened to, but also, I don't know, you were put on warning that he is not safe. The very person who, you know, a child relies on for protection. And at 19, you know, in early sex years, right? That is uh, protection. I don't know. It's the right order of things that your parents guard you and protect you. And certainly your father. And you didn't get that. He invalidated you. So right about the time you came out as a lesbian, you wrote him a letter telling him you were done being in touch. And he fought it. You say you're pretty sure he's a narcissist and borderline. And you're, you know, I believe you. And um, so telling him... You know, he couldn't respect it at first. And I guess I understand a parent fighting it a little bit at first, and then he accepted it. And now you're at peace and you know it's the right decision. I hear you. Sounds right to me too. So what's interesting is that your brothers decided to bring him into the family at an event. And so for whatever reason, he's okay with that. We didn't, you didn't try to mind read him on that, but you're going to go. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that you're doing this that you're showing up for the family and just figuring out how to have this boundary. So you're trying to think about how to handle it. Um, it sounds like you're in a very good place with it. I would say, realistically, you may not be in as peaceful a place after it happens, but it sounds like you're ready to handle that. And I hope your wife can support you as well in whatever's going to come up around this. Here's what I'm worried about. Well, you ask, should I email him in advance or just show up? So it just seems to me like, what you're trying to head off by emailing him is you can process stuff and then he'll understand and be okay at the thing. But you're also describing him as somebody who can't be relied upon to recognize boundaries or accept the, accept them or get it about your emotional reality. So what I'm just wondering is would it be better not to have that with him because it's not going to go well. Like he can't, he can't be good in that conversation. Maybe at the bat mitzvah, because people are around, he'll behave better and you can just be cordial and say, hi, nice to see you mm -hmm. and just be cordial. And if he makes small talk with you, you can have whatever small talk you want. But when you said clear the air, I'm like, if you can possibly avoid clearing the air, that's what I would do. Clearing the air with a narcissist borderline is not going to be like, there, now we understand each other. Everything calms down. It basically just catches on fire. I'm saying, right? So what do you think? It's going to be your call. But I just don't anticipate that um, you will be able to discharge whatever feelings he has in the thing before and that you might be risking upsetting him all over again. And then he arrives at the bat mitzvah with a bone to pick right in front of everybody. The worst thing that could happen is that there's drama at this girl's bat mitzvah. Like it's really important that this stay calm, that this stay hidden in the fine tradition of traumatized families everywhere. We bury it for family occasions because this is not for everybody's consumption. And you're not trying to work anything out with him anymore. See, that's a great freedom when you're not trying to work anything out with people anymore. 
there's no need to try to work things out or hear their point of view or anything. Basically, you placate them. You say what needs to be said to be like, oh, yes, hello. And that's it. And then if he's like, hey, can you come outside and talk to me? You can decide what to do then. You can say, you know, I just really want to stay present for this. Maybe we can talk another time. And then talk to him or don't talk to him. But delay it, because I think that's a terrible place to have any kind of talking about it. If he says that, and then if he just is sulky, or you said your fear is that he'll be cold, let him be cold. Let him sit there and be cold. I think that is a punishment that you can deal with. <laughs> because him being warm is like you getting hope again that he's going to suddenly realize that he was wrong and he's going to change. And just I'm just here to remind you, he doesn't sound like the type that can change. Okay? Doesn't sound like it. That said, I give you my blessings for however you want to handle this. Um, you sound like you have a lot of healing under your belt. And even if it goes badly, just protect the 12-year-old's bat mitzvah. And beyond that, if it, even if it gets hairy, you can recover afterwards and set your boundaries again. You've done it before. You can do it again. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.